Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. And welcome to another episode of the SD4L Show. I'm your host, Justin Thind. This episode, Matt Sheen is not joining us because he is not a professional. He is somewhere where it is hot. Um, I don't want to dox his location because then the angry Michigan fans will get him. Otherwise, uh, we have decided to upgrade from Sheehan this episode with a few dignitaries from MSU Twitter. One of them who probably has even more of a security detail necessary right outside our studios today. And the other who just everyone likes, who has no enemies. And um, I guess without further ado, I will introduce the legends themselves. The MSU Chief of Propaganda for the first time in studio. Yes, sir. And Peach James. Hello, hello. How you guys doing today? Good, man. Looking forward to it. I'm thriving. I'm excited to be here. Like you said, we got the Secret Service outside, but right. yeah, we're fired up for the show. So it's great to get finally Chief in studio revealing himself to the public. Yep. <laughs> I've had many people say that I would never do it, never mm-hmm. reveal my face, but here we are <laughs> here in the flesh. So I'm, I'm pumped up about this. So, Peach, how are you doing today? Um, I know you watch the show all the time. Yeah. How does it feel to be on here today? Good, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this show is a big part of me, part of what I do every single night. So, yeah, I love it, man. I love catching up. Yeah, 100% talking about sports with my guys. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, um, for those of you that don't know, which I guess shame on you, but these two guys, they're fixtures on MSU Twitter. Um, the chief of propaganda ever since I got on, um, I guess since I got into reporting about Michigan State, um, he's been there. He's been a mainstay the whole time. Peach as well for yep. that whole time, maybe even longer. So um, to have like these guys kind of following my content, supporting my content is definitely a big part of what makes it fun and what makes it enjoyable. And these guys, they know ball. They, they follow recruiting as, as well as anyone. So we figured we can have some good conversations today about Michigan State football and basketball. And I guess first off, I, sh- I want to ask you guys, how did you kind of get into the platforms that you have right now? Is was it just like random tweeting? Was it like concentrated efforts? Like I guess Brett, you can start, yeah. and then we'll go to Peach. Like, how did you guys get to this point of I guess your visibility of your platform? Yeah, so I mean, my Twitter account was really formed for one reason, and that was to follow Kanye West to, for the life of Pablo uh, <laughs> reveal back in 2016. So that's really the only reason I have a Twitter was for that purpose. And then once the pandemic hit, I pivoted a little bit and just started tweeting about Michigan State and ever since then it's kind of become something that is um, what it is today and it, it's fun so it's I will say it's a true blessing to be able to wake up every day and uh, go on Twitter and just irritate the people I dislike the most <laughs> which is a school down the road I appreciate all of you who are always messaging me saying crazy stuff replying to my tweets trust me it warms my heart mm. that you don't like me yeah. <laughs> For me, man, it, honestly, it was like from when I first got on Twitter, probably like 2008, 2009, mm, like early, one. early Twitter days. Yeah. And I would just like give my thoughts watching a game of like Russell Bird, make a shot, you know, <laughs> I see. you know, go get a rebound. And it was just basic shit posting. <laughs> now it's like kind of coming to this whole thing where it's got its own audience, right? Mm-hmm. It's got its own kind of collective like right. us. And um, I'm just excited. I'm excited for where it's going to be five years from now, even that. Yeah. Yeah, because MSU Twitter, it's not like a place that other people that are outside of it would really understand, like, how passionate it is. Because I see other reporters, other 24-7 reporters, they post for their fans, and and they don't have a chief of propaganda and a Peach James Mm -hmm. retweeting or even just interested in the content, let alone creating excitement for the fan base themselves and makes a huge difference and just the fan base as a whole um, I mean there's tons of people that we could have had up here representing the MSU Twitter contingent but just the amount of people that are passionate about MSU sports 
on Twitter, it's sort of unprecedented. Um, I think you can see the, the growth numbers that some of these companies mm -hmm. put out there of Michigan State's now in like that top five range for, for social media impressions. And Michigan State's even higher than that if you go just by Twitter. Some other schools are uh, having an advantage in Facebook and stuff, but recruiting and stuff like that, it's, mm -hmm. it's just been a huge, huge mainstay in that. Brett, what have your experiences been with, I guess, just the way recruits have embraced your social media identity? Yeah, it's been it's been a little interesting. I remember the kind of the first time I got started with the recruiting on Twitter, um, the center prospect Michael Muslinski, who eventually mm. I think he committed to Texas, then he yeah. flipped to Iowa. Right. But that's really when it all started. We'd get like edits of the guy saying, "Hey, let's try to hype this guy up a little bit." Like it would be different accounts sending me stuff, um, and then we, we'd have a little bit of fun with that. You'd see yeah. the staff retweet it. It's like, oh, this is this is pretty cool, and like <laughs> I could tweet out like something really cool and it would get no attention then mm -hmm. i tweet like this little edit out and it would go crazy yeah. and i only had like 100 followers back then mm -hmm. um but yeah since then it, it's been really cool to kind of be able to talk to these recruits they reach out to me they ask me questions about the university and uh yeah it's, it, it's been very humbling experience and mm -hmm. something i don't take for granted and yeah it is a lot of fun and yeah. i think all michigan state twitter really takes pride in being able to really truly dominate the space of Twitter and making sure we mm -hmm. retweet the most, we like the most, because I mean, some people, can I say anything about the, the 247 boards? There's some people on there that don't really um, appreciate kind of what, what goes on, but no, there is a true impact and it factors into NIL, their recruiting decisions, their family feel comfortable sending a kid to a place where you have all these people showing unconditional love. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it, it's a true, a valuable position we're all in and mm -hmm. yeah just thankful yeah. to be in that and, and yeah. peach what would you say like how much of a role has just this msu twitter community played in your just eagerness to follow recruiting in general like were you always into recruiting or did this kind of amplify the interest <clears throat> not really man it made it more exciting mm -hmm. right it made it more interesting for me to kind of keep up with these kids coming up because we get you know brett would get tweets and get like hey this kid's coming up he wants to go visit msu right you know Let's go keep up with them. You know, let's hype him up, right? Mm -hmm. So this is for me is a lot more fun and right. adds that extra layer onto recruiting. As like back in the day, I was somewhat interested in it. Like, every time like a four star, or five star would look at MSU, right. you get hyped up about it. Yeah. But nowadays, it's like it's kind of it's kind of more legit. Yeah. It takes on its role because mm -hmm. we have, in a certain sense, like a role to play. Yeah. Like, if he wants nowadays, these kids they really value that kind of clout. You know, mm -hmm. getting that social media following. We've we've seen it with some kids that wanted to come right. to MSU. Not going to name names. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I yeah. think it's still a huge part of it, right? And like these guys want to feel loved, and right. part of that of coming to see MSU, getting the love from the fan base, and MSU Twitter is such a collective, such a tight knit group. Right. Like to see that. It's yeah. huge. And what a lot of people don't get, like, obviously there's not, like, there's good and bad to everything, and Twitter has its downfalls too, so a lot of people choose to stay away from it. And if you are one of those people, I guess one of the things that I can use to explain to you how great of a tool that recruiting um, or how great of a tool social media can be for recruiting is the fact that when these kids, a lot of them who are from the West or from the South, and they don't really grow up around Michigan State fans, their first impression of the MSU fan base or of even the whole university is the reaction mm -hmm. they get from Twitter the day they get their offers. So a lot of times I interview a kid and I'd be like, so what is your current perception of Michigan State? Have you been a fan? Do you, do you watch them or anything like that? And they would most likely say, no, don't really watch them, but um, the love that their fans showed when I posted my offer tweet, that really stood out to me. And when Michigan State's recruiting a kid in Arizona, that stands out. Like Michigan State, that's their first impression with mm -hmm. them. And you have guys like these amplifying those voices. So, And mm -hmm. then also when kids visit, they come into the visit with more of a, of a higher impression of Michigan State because they've mm -hmm. seen all this fan support. So mm -hmm. that is stuff that kids directly tell me plays an impact in their perception of the university. Even though none of, none of these guys work for the university, it really helps in recruiting. Mm -hmm. But I, I guess, is there anything else you guys want to add to, to this part of the segment? And then we can start diving into some actual MSU sports. Yeah, I do want to give some credit to the actual MSU football staff because right. they've kind of cultivated this uh, culture where they want fans to be engaged with the program. They want us to keep chopping, uh, be relentless. And I think that the fan base has kind of taken on that identity Coach Tucker brought here. And uh, yeah, I think it's, I, we have to give a ton of credit to them. Like Saeed Khalif, he's done a phenomenal job in the GM role. Uh, obviously Coach Tucker, Darian Harris. I mean, I could, I could list the whole mm -hmm. staff. I'm not gonna do it because we'll run out of time. But uh, yeah, all those 
people are just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only thing I wanted to add is like you, you got kids from California, Arizona, these beautiful places, right. right? To come up to a Midwestern school and really kind of commit and lean into an MSU visit, it's going to take a little bit more right. than some of these Alabamas and these beautiful like UCLA's, USC's, right? right? Mm-hmm. You need that kind of extra effort from the fan base, right? right. See that love. Yeah. I think MSU Twitter kind of fills that hole. Absolutely. There's a lot of kids that want to go to a UCLA or USC, and then they see, hey, the fan support isn't really there. Then when you can amplify that difference, Mm -hmm. and you can say, wow, and they really care about me at Michigan State. Meanwhile, the stadium's empty if I go to UCLA. That, like, obviously, there's a Dante Moore every once in a while that (laughs) he he debunks the theory. But for every Dante Moore, there's a Sean Brown or a Jalen Barber in that he's like, I'm leaving Pac-12 country to go play in the Big Ten because of that difference. So just uh, well well said there. But turning to um, the actual kind of sports at hand that you guys have built your platforms around, Michigan State football, they're in the Mm offseason. But as we know, there's not really an offseason for football (laughs) these days. Um, So I guess I just want to open-ended kind of ask you guys, what are some of the main takeaways each of you have had from this offseason? So Mm -hmm. if you were to recap this offseason in a couple years, what would you say your takeaways were from what this offseason really was about? Go ahead. I would say really the first thing that came to my mind is how they closed the recruiting cycle. Yep. Mm. Obviously, when you only bring on, I think it was 16 kids in the class or whatever, it's not the number you, you particularly expected. And a lot of these kids, they, they land in that final final span there. Right. So I think being able to get like a Sam Levitt, that, that's huge. Like a Jalen yes. Barbera, that, that's massive. And you land all these guys. So I think that's just a testament to the staff that – Listen, sometimes their back may be against the wall, but they're going to fight back. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what I'm going to look forward to the next few cycles. And even mm-hmm. three years from now when these kids are starting and playing giant roles, it's like, hey, we almost didn't get this kid, but we were able to land him during his last visit. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Totally. Yeah. No, I mean, exactly that. I think the, the what I like to see in this office is kind of prove that is progress, mm-hmm. right? Seeing progress year after year, seeing the classes get better and filler and getting the guys that you want as much as you can because mm-hmm. you're going to lose a couple, which we yeah. did. But continuing to build year after year, right. that means the staff is doing something that's working. Mm-hmm. So leaning into that a little further, I love I love what I saw to Tucker. Definitely. Yeah. For me personally, I think uh, definitely one, what these guys said about if you can go ahead and get a Sam Levitt and you can go ahead and get an Isaiah, Isaiah Smith or a Jalen or Jalen Smith, sorry, Isaiah Johnson, when you can get these guys at the end of the cycle, you can feel a little better this whole 2024 cycle where they're big fish hunting at those positions because you know Jay Johnson, Courtney Hawkins, um, even Coach Cap with how he got uh, Keyshawn Blackstack at the end, you know those coaches can go ahead, do that big game hunting, and they can still get some guys that are really, really high quality at the end. That was one takeaway. And then the other thing was kind of the fact that Michigan State has now gone three offseasons, I believe, in the portal era, Mm -hmm. and they have only lost one guy that I think you would really miss in in Jeremy Bernard. And even that was a guy who it was more potential than actual production. Mm -hmm. There are schools that every offseason are losing three starters, four starters. There's teams that are winning 10-plus games losing a lot of those guys. So what that told me was that, once again, the culture, the internal culture and the belief that people have in Coach Tucker and just the overall environment in the program, that was not a fluke. It wasn't just, oh, last year Michigan State didn't lose anyone because they won 11 and 2. Mm-hmm. This year they won 6 and 6 or 5 and 7 and they could have lost tons of starters that are like, no, I want to go to a bona fide winner. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen, so I think that tells you a lot about the culture. And um, there was a lot of noise about, oh, Coach Sucker needs to fire X and Y and needs to go get so-and-so, <laughs> yeah. otherwise it's a failed offseason. No, I think a lot of it is just success leaves clues, mm-hmm. and these are little clues of, okay, these guys, they won't panic if they miss on plan yep. A's here and there. They'll go get these guys. Or this culture is so sound, they're not losing a Keon Coleman to the portal just because he was really good. The rest of the team wasn't. Now he's going to go play at an even playing field. You're not seeing that, and you do at a lot of other schools. Think about the skill it takes in today's world, today's NIL world, mm-hmm. of keeping a kid. Right. Maybe if he doesn't play that first season, right? Right. The, the skill it takes to keep him there and say, hey, you know, I want you to believe that you will get there next year. We, that playing time will be right. there. I think that's a huge, huge key. I think Mel Tucker's doing a great job of it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think it speaks to the culture as well. The yep. kids, they, they know that, hey, I'm going to come in here, I'm going to compete for a spot day one. If I don't play, I know I have the same opportunity next year. So I think we're going to see a lot of these freshmen who – 
maybe play it a little bit or they didn't play at all, they're going to come in and compete and start and play massive roles. So, yeah, and I think just quick note on, like, people calling for coaches to be fired. I think anybody really tweeting for coaches to be fired, it's just, like, it's clown behavior. Right. Uh, I would say that our staff is very online as well as – recruits families and whatnot right. so if you're if you're a fan and you're tweeting for coaches to be fired or mm. hey we should hire this person instead like you're not helping the program at all yeah you're just you're acting like a clown and i just think it's totally uncalled yeah for. that's Have a you, great that's a great point yeah. because i that reminded me when i posted the story of sam levitt's commitment and he was tagged under that obviously because i always tag their canary the story about so that they make sure that they see it and any likes and retweets that come to my story they understand people are showing mm -hmm. appreciation to them giving access to that quote every time i do that people don't understand when they press reply and they don't untag someone yep. they're hitting reply all so two of the first four replies to my sam levitt commitment story were people saying why did he commit here? Did he see the play calling last year? Yeah. You might as well just DM the kid and say, hey, you shouldn't come to Michigan State. And keep in mind, these are Michigan State fans saying this. Allegedly. So, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, yeah. So, like, these people that are doing this, they're not helping in any way, shape, or form. Coach Tucker is not going to be scrolling on Twitter and then being like, oh, well, <sighs> Tuck Cummins 74 said that this guy should be fired. So now I better go walk <laughs> down the hallway and fire him. Mm -hmm. No, the only people saying that are recruits. That's it. And um, so that's a that's a great point, Brett. And uh, yeah, I think uh, at the end of the day, the the hirings are firings. They're going to be done regardless of what people say in social media. So the target audience that that are going to be seeing it and actually taking it in are not the ones you want to see. Yeah, your tweets nowadays, twenty twenty three, have weight to them, right? Mm -hmm. No matter how many followers you have, you're replying underneath something like that big announcement. Right. Someone's going to see it, right? right? So be careful. Yeah. you know what I mean. You can definitely hurt the program in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. E even if it's not the kid and the kid doesn't have time. Maybe his parent, maybe his quarterback's yep. coach, uh, his high school coach. So, like, I, I just don't see the benefit of tweeting negatively about your own assistants. Now, it's not this thing where, oh, everything you tweet has to be positive at all times. If you're watching a loss, you can't say anything negative. Like, no, it's not going to be all propaganda all the time. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> but at the same time, just think about the what do you gain from having a, a certain content put out there, especially under a article that is about a kid. But yeah. it's stupid. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So speaking of this offseason, now that you've seen the talent come in at all these different position groups, over the next, let's say, three to four years, uh, so it doesn't have to be next year, over mm -hmm. the next three to four years, which position group for each of you is the one you're most excited to, Ooh. let's say, fast forward to and see what they're like three years from now? Three years from now. Okay, well, I think my answer is pretty easy. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm going to give two. It's kind of a cop-out. Yeah. <laughs> I think looking forward to this upcoming fall, yeah. being able to see Kaiten Hauser at the quarterback spot, mm -hmm. I feel very – I don't know anything, obviously, but I right. feel very confident he's going to win. He's the most talented quarterback we've ever had at Michigan State. So I feel very confident that he's going to win that job. Mm -hmm. He's going to be here for probably start two years, go to the NFL, be a top-ten pick. And then I feel confident <laughs> with Sam Levitt coming in. Yeah. And then hopefully Jake Merklinger after that. So I right. like that pipeline and seeing how we're going to continue to build, kind of like Ohio State does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say the defensive backs. I think that that Ooh. is the position that, because I know that the defensive line recruiting. And we need it. We, we need it back. Yep. I mean, it's been unacceptable, kind of how the no fly zone has become the free fly zone. Mm -hmm. So I. I'd, and I, but I think that the 24 class is really going to jumpstart mm -hmm. kind of that ability to turn that back into a, a true weapon because the D-line recruiting is elite. Yeah. I mean, it's been elite. So I think that the secondary is something we really need to step up. Every great MSU football team started with a great defense and a great secondary. That is the blueprint for MSU teams. Got to get back there. Yep. Completely agree. Yeah. How about you? I I think uh, so. My answer is more of a cop out. I like what you said about choosing the secondary because there's a lot of unproven guys there. Yeah. So there's more suspense and more intrigue to see how it'll look in three years. Uh, for me personally, it's the defensive line just because that I know, like, I don't know, but most likely that's going to be the most talented unit on this team three years from now. So to just see a team that immediately gets a push, you don't have to blitz. So you, you can drop six, you can drop seven, you can have all the zones covered. To see that kind of a pass rush up front without blitzing, I think opens up the entire defense. Because, I mean, not to take it to the Eagles, because I feel like I do that at <laughs> once every episode, but the Eagles last year were 31st in the NFL in sack. The Eagles this year were four sacks shy of the 85 Bears. Mm. All that changed was they added Hassan Reddick. Yeah. So instead of having to blitz and we'll leave all him. these holes all over, 
Yeah, you just essentially now don't have to blitz. You got yeah. four. You have a really good edge rusher. And then there's seven guys out there covering. Yeah. Really, you get, a, you get a good pass rush. It opens up your entire defense. Who yeah. trained Hassan Reddick? Oh, the guy that is only doing it for IG Cloud, I That's believe. right. Yeah. It's Cloud. Yeah. But, yeah. That, if for can't develop guys, can he? Yeah. Just, just, just develops all pros in the <laughs> NFL. But, yeah, interesting. But he hasn't put anyone in the NFL in the 11 months he's been in college, so it doesn't count. <laughs> But um, so, yeah, I, I just think I'm really excited about the defensive line. Not only did they get a lot of great kids from the high school ranks that we've talked about endlessly, but you got a Tunisi Adelaide from Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like to hire with uh, Duran Reynolds from Stanford. Okay. So I, I just really like where that room is going because I think Duran Reynolds is an even better developer than he is a recruiter. Recruiting-wise, he was a little hamstrung at Stanford because it's hard to recruit there, obviously. Mm-hmm. But his development was, was pretty sound there. And you got BT Jordan getting these guys um, in the living room and talking to these guys and Duran and Mal and these guys closing the closing the deal. Mm-hmm. So really excited about that. Quick quick tangent. Yes. For next year, what's the ceiling? Give me the ceiling. Like looking at next year, what's a success for you? A success and for they come to you too. A success for me next year is Kate and Hauser starting. Okay. Kate and Hauser having a long leash. Okay. The receiver room having depth develop. We know what Trey Mose is. We know what Keon Coleman is. Mm-hmm. Um, a Jerron Glover or a Tyrell Henry emerging into that into that playing group by the end of the season would be ideal. Mm-hmm. One of Isaiah Johnson and uh, Jalen Smith showing signs. Okay. And we know that Cap got his guys now, Stanton Rammel, Cole Dellinger, Keyshawn Blackstock, mm-hmm. and these guys coming in. I think that's going to take more than one year, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to be grading the O-line much next year. Okay. Running backs also, like Jalen Berger, he's here for maybe one or two more years. Nathan Carter's upperclassman, not grading that too much. Yeah. But receiver depth and Kate and Hauser getting the field instead of kind of I think we've seen the extent of what Peyton Thorne is going to be able to do here mm-hmm. for the most part. I, I think that a lot of what we saw this past season, it, it's probably not his best. I'm sure he can play a little better than that. Mm-hmm. But the question is, how much better? Right. And Where's the ceiling at? Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think he's a better quarterback than people have made it seem the past few months. But I don't think he's, he's to the point where you delay your next three-year window mm-hmm. by continuing to play. Now, if, if, he, if he straight up wins the job and it's, and it's not like a close coin flip yep. then I, you can't force force it to be Kayton's job but ideally that's kind of what I want to see and then yeah. the defense is continuing to improve a better pass rush hopefully sure. showing things up but I'm really looking at the offense because they return a decent amount of production yeah. more than the defense so I, I got to see them play a little better than they did last yep. year Brett win the big time <laughs> it's simple as that like I, I, I think the pieces are there um I think you, you improve the quarterback play. And, like, listen, I think Peyton Thorne, like Justin said, I think he's a much better quarterback than a, a lot of people make him out to be. And I'm sure sometimes I come off as saying he's not the best quarterback, but I, I truly believe he's a good quarterback. I just think his talent level is at a different level than a Caton Hauser or even, like, a Sam Levitt in two years where I think it's time to move on to the, the younger guy and, like, let's see what they do. I mean, mm-hmm. if they go – let's say they go 9-3 and three with – Peyton Hauser, mm-hmm. that's going to be a good year. I can't consider it a great success. But if they go like eight and four with Peyton Thorne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't consider that a good year. If they go nine and three with Peyton Thorne, that's not a good year. You didn't develop a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But yeah, ultimately, it's time to start winning Big Ten championships and bringing that back to East Lansing. And I think that they have the tools to do it. Um, we saw two years ago they won eleven and two. A couple plays Purdue away from going to the Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we don't have a Kenneth Walker, but we've got some dudes and. Listen, it's deep water time. We got to start winning football games. Peach, what about you? (sighs) Successful season next year. I think a lot of things we already talked about, right? Developing the guys. Yeah. No, you know what the ceiling is with Peyton, right? Peyton's a great quarterback. He he had made some mistakes last year. We don't have to get into all that. But I think developing the guys. Number two, I think transfer impact. I want to see more of that. I think we saw a couple guys come on last year, but we we know Mel Tucker can identify talent mm-hmm. in the transfer portal. I'd li- really like to see Nathan Carter kind of show up and, right. and give some some meaningful plays to the team. Um, wins and losses. I mean, you have to improve uh, last year. You have right. to improve on what it was last year. So right. eight, nine wins I think would be a great ceiling to kind of start with. And then yeah. we'll see how the rest of the offseason goes. But I think that's probably, like, for me, successful of, like, getting MSU back on track. Right. Yeah, I think in terms of a win-loss perspective, I would say 
ending the regular season seven and five with a chance to go eight and five with Kayton Hauser is mm-hmm. what I would consider a success. Sure. If you're going with Peyton Thorne, then it has to be eight and four after the end of the regular season, nine and three after the the full game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's kind of where I look at it with with wins and losses. But it obviously depends how you lose some of those games. Yeah. If you give away a seventeen point lead, but you're like ten and two, like then that leaves a bad taste. In your Special mouth too, teams but, mistakes, gotta right. eliminate those. Yeah, yeah I mean sure. we all saw it last year. We still have nightmares about it. I'm sure we do. We were yeah. just talking about it. We were just talking about it at dinner. Yeah. We got hot and sweat during it <laughs> flashbacks to Vietnam we have to have to be better on special teams do the little things because those are definitely. the things that win you games definitely yep. yeah so I guess um, to a topic that I don't know if it's necessarily more negative but we don't know what to make of it right now and that's Michigan State basketball mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of us two weeks ago would have had pretty much the same sort of take on it, or at least my take on it was, okay, yeah, right now they've lost a couple of games. They probably should know, like the Northwestern game and, and this game here, that game there um, at Illinois. But at the for the most part, like you knew it was like a 5-6 seed team, probably weren't going to hang a banner. They're in good shape. They're built. They're primed to make a run when you get to the big dance, and that's all yep. it was, and you're, you're at peace with it, and that's fine. Then they lost a couple more games. Mm-hmm. They did win last night against Maryland. What do you guys think about the Michigan State basketball season right now? What is your one to two sentence summary of your sentiment towards the basketball team at this point? Typical Tom Izzo team. Okay. Like, I think yeah. this team, the defense has been very, very good. Right. I think the one thing that they do need to clean up, and I think most people agree, is rebounding. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen them get allowed too many offensive rebounds and that's allowed some of these teams like Maryland yesterday to come back and really kill us against Illinois obviously Purdue Mm -hmm. I think Caleb first had about like six offensive rebounds I mean he's a machine but you clean that up and I think the offense is starting to come like Jackson Kohler that's Peach's uh, my guy shout out to Jackson that's his dude and I mean he's starting to really come on obviously Joey Hauser he, he can be streaky at times but when he's on I mean, he's yeah. he's really good. So I think it's just a typical, tough Tom Izzo team. You have the elite guards, really one through three with mm-hmm. Aikens, uh, Hogard, and then uh, Tyson. So uh, yeah. I think you've got enough pieces to really make a run here. And I, I was saying we need to finish the the season here six and two, and obviously losing the one game to Rutgers, but uh, it's go time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peach, what about you? I I mean, every single MSU Tom Izzo team. For Mike, my, my whole life has had this February slide, like this late January, mm-hmm. early February slide, where it's like two or three games lost, and then everybody thinks the sky is falling, right? I think right. we're we're in the middle of that right now. Mm-hmm. We found a way to win yesterday. Probably shouldn't have been that close, right? No. But that being said, like these are the wins that you can kind of start to build on, right? And mm-hmm. then Tom Izzo's all about peaking the team at the right time, mm-hmm. and I think we're seeing that, like. He will let guys go through this adversity because he knows adversity at the end of the day is what's going to make you a better player, right? So we're seeing that kind of quote-unquote Tom Mizzo manufactured adversity where he lets these guys fail. He's going to let these funky lineups in and figure (laughs) it out. Yeah. Good luck, right? And he's gonna—they're gonna go through a spell of like six or seven minutes of not scoring a basket, right? Yeah. Or maybe one or two free throws. I think now you're just starting to see that kind of really start to build from mm-hmm. last night. I think we make a run at it. Big Ten tourney. We'll see how seeding kind of goes. But right. I, I I think this team will continue to again like every single team at Izzo's tenure mm-hmm. peaking at the right time in March. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's that's well stated by both of you. I think my thoughts on it are um, whatever's happened so far, like no harm done really. Um, it's gonna hurt them in their seating a little bit. But like I said, I never thought this team would hang a regular season title banner. So it's it's really just splitting hairs as long as the drought ends immediately. Mm -hmm. That Wisconsin, or sorry, that Maryland game had to be the start of the winning streak here. Um, Six and two, like Brett said, is is about good. Um, They need to go win at Ohio State uh, at Value City Center, if that's what it's still called. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) They have to go ahead and and win against that just absolute train wreck of a team. Dog water. Right. And Chris Holtman and... Um, they're sensible as a dog. You got to keep him in check. But right. You got to beat that team. You right. have to beat that team. To, yeah. To get where you want to get. Yep. And, and then at home against Minnesota. They. That, <laughs> that's when that the COVID I, the COVID team. Yeah. The, the COVID <laughs> Gophers. Um, they need to beat those two teams. Yep. At Michigan now. Michigan seems to have turned it around a bit. Yep. 
And uh, I've, I know Juwan has found a way to, to struggle once again, despite having um, now some, some are saying Kobe Bufkin should deserve to go in the first no, round, which I don't disagree draft, with. Yep. Um, Jet Howard, obviously, first round kind of guy. You have a Hunter Dickinson that's a multi-time All-American. Mm-hmm. You have those three fixtures to your team, and somehow you're struggling once again. And um, I think they've started to turn the corner a little bit. The question is, is it too late for them to turn that corner? We'll find out in March, I suppose. But that's not as easy of a win as it seemed like maybe a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. I think it's still winnable. I don't think I would hold it against them truly if they lose. Mm -hmm. I think they should win it. But I think that's how the next three games should go. It should go at worst two and one. And I think they can rattle off some more wins. And if they do that, then whatever they did in early February, it doesn't really matter to me that much. Completely agree. Yeah, what but we th- we need to be we need to go into the silent library and destroy them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear about the podcaster. This Jet Howard. True. Jet Howard can hoop. Yeah, yeah. I think he whether he returns or not. That's that's discussed for another day. But I mean that roster it stinks. Yeah, like we the coaching mismatch is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mahdi's gonna have uh, Dickinson in the torture rack. Mm-hmm. It just it is what it is, and we're yep. gonna we're gonna beat them again. I see. Yep. Yeah. I mean, end their I, season. I don't think they can stomach many more losses. Yeah, uh, maybe one or two. Yeah, yeah, they're in a rough spot. Right. Completely agree. Yeah, it's going to be interesting there for sure. But any other thoughts on MSU basketball from you guys? I, I know the other topics. Everyone's like talked to death. Recruiting really promising. Next year looking decent. Malik Hall comes back. You have a really good team. But yeah, I guess anything in the short term. I think we're all in the same place. Long term, no panic in terms of Izzo or the tenure or anything. Yeah, I think last night was just huge. When it, yeah. like closing out that game, that was a. I don't want to use a statement game. Not a program win. We're not going to be having no any hats. hats out. No hats out there. Yeah. But I think being able to bounce back from the adversity of blowing a 15-point lead, that's something this team is mentally tough. Right. We've seen it over and over again where they, they either come back or they, they blow a lead mm-hmm. and they come back or whatever it may be. I think that this is going to be the start of a run. And if it's not, it's not our year. But mm-hmm. we're, we're yeah. going to see the next couple games, uh, however many games are left in the, the, the regular season here, whether it's five or six. Mm-hmm. you you got to win f- – four or five at the minimum right that's that's the goal at michigan state Mm -hmm. sounds good i i think the next six to eight weeks for me i want to see somebody take some leadership Mm -hmm. i want to see tyson walker aj be a leader all the time i think we've seen a couple flashes here and there problem is when he starts playing well playing poorly he starts to get in his own head a little bit starts blaming others i want to see somebody step up and be like when this team needs a bucket Mm -hmm. i'll get you one tyson has been that guy for the most part right right so I just want to see more of that yeah. six to eight weeks of like really leaning in, like who's the guy? Who's the guy right. when you need that bucket? Yeah. Get him the ball, get yeah. out the way. And we've seen AJ do that in like the last four minutes, but I want to see AJ do that with seven minutes left in the first quarter when you haven't had a bucket in five minutes. Right. So just more consistency from the guys that have done it and maybe somebody else, like you're saying, mm-hmm. also, also jump in. So, yeah, yeah, great points right there. And yep. I got to remind you, I forgot to do this earlier. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to ask whatever questions you have in the comments. Owen will convey those to us at the end of the show. <laughs> Throw them in the chat. We're right. here. Yeah, so death threats at, at, at uh, Brett over there. <laughs> um, any questions? And uh, we'll definitely get those answered at the end. But kind of shift into a, a little more fun topic before then we totally get towards some off-topic off stuff. Oh, but boy. What are your guys' favorite one or two MSU sporting events you've seen and attended in person? <sighs> um, I, I've got a couple... I've got a couple good ones. Um, Wisconsin, 2011, Russell Wilson, mm. Keith Nichols yeah. in the end zone grabbing. I was there at the top of the top of the east uh, or the right. south end zone um, when because you couldn't really see if he got in yeah. right because right. they looked at the replay and you're like, well, is that ball across the line? It's a bad angle. Yeah. And then when the ref did the, it's good. And then everybody went nuts. That yeah. is the loudest I've ever heard Spartan Stadium still. Wow. And I was there for Little Giants, right? Yeah. I think that moment was like, oh my god. Yeah. Like, and then I'll never forget. Ran out of the stadium, ran all the way back to the lodges, got ready, and get, got right back to Rick's. Ran all the way to Rick's. It's like a five mile, five, it's like a 5K to get ready to hit Rick's all time night. That's a trek. That's too. awesome. That was an absolute trek. Just sweating. Like, I got to get there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Brett? It's got to be the Kenneth Walker game last year. Mm. Yep. I think mm. that would, it wasn't just that game. I think it was because we had both teams had a bye before. Mm-hmm. So it's two weeks of building up two undefeated teams, the highest ranked matchup we've ever had. Yep. Right. And we come out and 
we dominate that game. Yeah. The yep. scoreboard might have looked like we were down for a little bit. As uh, I think Socrates once said, they had us in the first half. Yep. Then we bounced back, <laughs> deep water time. And then I think I, I think it was uh, David Harnes who had the, the video. It was like a 15-minute video. Just following kind of Coach Tucker and some of the things happening on the field and mm. being able to see that perspective afterwards. That that was a lot of fun. Okay. And I'll give an honorable mention to actually a game this year when we got to see Kaden Hauser take his first snaps in the MSU uniform. <laughs> Shout out. That's an historic moment yeah. that will go down in the record books. Yep. Yeah. I guess It was a dime, too. <laughs> oh, it was. It was. And then there was a scramble there too yeah shades of mike vick on that one (laughs) wheels so uh for me honestly this answer is i don't think anyone will really say this as an answer but that rain out lightning game against penn state when saquon barkley was there and penn state was ranked top 15 and i don't think michigan state was ranked and um so we saw like the first i want to say like two and a half quarters maybe uh, maybe a way off maybe it was one quarter i don't really remember and then suddenly the lightning came and First of all, we're waiting there for like 30 minutes and we're just getting drenched. And they're like, no, you got to leave the stadium over the loudspeaker. But nobody's coming and telling us we got to leave. So we're just standing in the student section and not wanting to leave our seats because we were like in the 18th row out of like 100. And we're like, pretty good. Then uh, finally, the police come like, no, you have to leave. Then we go, we get to dry off in our dorms, ran back to Wilson Hall, got some hand warmers, some leg warmers. Got on like new clothes, quadruple layered, dried the old ones, came back two and a half hours later, nobody's there. We got first row right behind Saquon Barkley, just screaming at him the whole time about how he's going to lose the Heisman now. Yeah. And um, Coughlin makes that kick. Yes. And it's like you got to see like a little, like a low attendance intimate practice yeah. right around the railing, Absolutely. all around the stadium. And uh, once again, that was that era where Michigan State used to beat that ranked Penn State team every year. Every, every time. Other year, every time. Like, those weather games are always great. Even yeah. the Penn State game last year where it was like a blizzard. Yeah. That was so much fun. I mean, people yeah. are Real pelting. Real football weather. Yep. Yeah. People are pelting James Franklin with snowballs. Which um, <laughs> Come to MSU if you want to play real football. Yes. I uh, cannot wait to see what Lincoln Riley and Chip Kelly and those guys' teams ooh. look like. You, you walk into East Lansing, into Madison – you walk into Brett Bielema's uh, Urbana Champagne. Yes. I don't. I don't see these guys being able to to score nope. points consistently in road games in October and November in the Big Ten. No, and honestly, like just to go on a quick tangent, that would be one of my biggest recruiting pitches. It's right. like when you get if you want to play in the NFL, you can't just hide in the South. Right. You can't right. hide in in the desert. You can't hide in LA. Mm-hmm. You got to go play in the elements. Right. And we see Kansas City, Cincinnati. I mean, mm-hmm. I could go on Buffalo. Forever. Buffalo, yeah. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Philly. Green yeah. Bay, yep. mm-hmm. Chicago. I mean, I could yeah. list off all the open-air stadiums, but um, you, you're, you're going to have to play there. So mm-hmm. why not come to beautiful East Lansing? I mean, even during the snow game, there's beams of light. The sun was shining down mm-hmm. on us, and it's just always beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the Red Cedar's flowing. It's like the Fountain of Youth. Mm-hmm. So why not come to East Lansing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tangent off of that tangent. <laughs> right. <laughs> what's the worst MSU experience you've ever had at a game any game oh uh, and you can answer this open to so, the floor so when i was a student there i always was um skipping that last game of the year in football in november that was Rutgers or maryland <laughs> so that probably would have been my answer okay but those were the only football games i ever skipped in my whole time at msu was the last game of the year against Rutgers or maryland okay so that <laughs> is not on the docket unfortunately um one thing that kind of comes close i mean it was so fun for the most part but that Michigan State Duke basketball game at the oh Preston where God, Vernon Carey came in and scored 25, 28 <sighs> points, that was just so deflating. And like you got riled up that whole day. You're like, finally, yep. Duke decided to not be scared. They finally are playing a non We were talking so game. much shit. Right. And the student section was kind of underwhelming, too. Like, I would have thought like everyone would be booing Vernon Carey like from the moment he stepped out, but like ninety percent of people didn't know the story, I guess. So first, I'm there just like, um, just irritated that like Vernon Carey is like not getting treated like with hostility. Mm-hmm. Then he's just going off without <laughs> going any sort, nuts, of, yeah, <laughs> just dunking all over people with no regard for human life. So I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm probably missing like a football game that was just really irritating. Oh yep. no, I, I got a, I got an answer. Okay. It was it was the day that I knew the Mark D'Antonio era was over. Oh, Arizona no, State. I know. I knew you were gonna say it. Oh, the Illinois game. I knew you were gonna points. say it. I have never heard Spartan Stadium so quiet on a walkout. Like usually, if there's a loss, people are screaming or people are doing this. Yeah. It was just shell shock. You it was, knew people, it was people knew it was over. It was like almost seeing like your family dog die. Yep. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Yep. 
Yeah, people were just looking at the ground. Walking you knew out. the moment had come. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotta yeah. call the vet. I gotta I call, <laughs> call the vet, honey. It's time. <laughs> what Kids about are you crying. Guys? Minnesota this year. Oh, okay. yeah. That's, a, that's the first and only time I've left the game early. I was. I, I, I can't even talk about it. I just, yep. It's almost like me talking about a, a former GM who used to work for the Pistons. Uh, whose <laughs> oh, name? Your, your favorite, Stan Van. <sighs> I'm just. just can't get, you, can't get you on it. <laughs> we're going to cut this part. Listen, we're gonna I, cut the SD4 I'll show will end if I continue. So. No, it was Minnesota this year. Yeah. That's that's a good one. I didn't think about that. I was only counting the ones where I was there in the capacity of like a, a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when we lose a 50-year-old Tanner Morgan <laughs> and a guy with one leg, I yeah, yeah. Awful. That's, that's a good one. <clears throat> for me, for sure, I'm going to say it, 2012 – MSU Iowa rain <laughs> overtime. You remember that game? Oh, you guys I remember, remember that game? game. I do not. You no. don't remember that game? I don't remember that one. No. Oh my god! It was it was just a classic like Ferentz drag them out. We I couldn't see. score the ball. Um, Maxwell was QB. Oh, okay, okay, right? okay, yeah, We yeah, just yeah, couldn't yeah. couldn't connect on any passes. Right. I think at overtime at the end of regulation it was like nine to nine or like. 12 to 12 Real or something football. like that. Real, Real football. football. Yeah. And we're staying throughout this game, and it's just pouring throughout like the second half. <laughs> it's just awful, awful conditions. And you want to see your like, team like kind of gut it out. Right. But And then we end up losing in overtime on like a field goal or something like that. Yeah. That was the worst experience as an MSU fan in Ooh. like a stadium I've ever had. Doesn't never sound f- like fun. Oh, my God. No, thank you. Yeah. I guess shifting to a more positive, yep. positive uh, off-topic discussion. Favorite meal in East Lansing. Ooh. What, what are you guys choosing if you're going to East Lansing this weekend, for example? If, okay, if I'm going, like, right now, <laughs> yeah. all I've had is, like, a Gatorade Zero. I've had, like, a Celsius drink. Spot, they're now sponsoring Michigan State football, so shout, shout out. out to Celsius. I would probably pick Eastside Fish Fry. Mm. I know Justin's going to agree with this. It's... I mean, it's it's the best. If you haven't had it, you got to go to East Side. They always hook it up. But if I let's say I've I've gone out, I've had a couple uh, drinks or whatever, then you start getting to that Conrad's range. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always a good one. I mean, Wings Over's gone now. That was always a yeah, good one. That's very unfortunate. R.I.P. Obviously, you go to like Pizza House, but yeah, I would say, I, yeah, I would I would probably go uh, East Side. Mm-hmm. What about you, Peach? Uh, well, it depends on what state I'm in. Okay. So if I'm inebriated, I, you can't mess up with a classic Panera's and Okemos. Did you say like Panera? Like Panera's. Panera and Okemos. Like a Panera bread? Panera bread and Okemos when yeah, I'm wasted. You about that yesterday. Are you kidding me? I just tweeted <laughs> cut yesterday that, that the biggest cut scam that, in cut America. That, cut that. Cut that. No, Why I'm, are you eating I'm, Panera <laughs> bread if you're going to East Lansing? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I had to get a rise on it. I had to get a rise on it, Justin. Did I hear him correctly? I had to get a rise on it, Justin. No. Stagger Home. Stagger Home Special. Cottage Inn. They had that little alleyway from Rick's that you could take directly back. I live right on Collingwood. Little $5 special. You could not beat it. I miss it dearly. That's my shot. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a great one. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a good one. I think I agree, bro. I think um, Eastside is, is up there. Um, basically, the last 10 times or so I've gone to East Lansing, I've had two places. Just recycled, repeated. It was Eastside. It was Barrio. Mm-hmm. And um, from Barrio, I mean, you have to, it's basically Scantron shit and you choose what ingredients you want. So if you mess it up, it's because you literally don't know what you're doing. But if you're asking me for suggestions, you get the spice rub chicken, mm. you get it in a bombshell. So that's the hard shell, the soft shell, and bacon. Um, so you get the bombshell with spice rub chicken in it, and you have to get the crack sauce. Whatever else you want, whatever yep. kind of cheese you want, whatever kind of lettuce toppings you want, that's up to you. But it has to be those three key components. And I don't think there's a better meal in East Lansing than that order from Barrio and probably the five-piece Cajun dinner from uh, mm. Eastside Fish yeah. Fry. Mm. And I, I do got to give a shout-out to my friends. I'm, I won't name you, but they're able to find the best food in Lansing, East Lansing. So I got to give a shout-out. Mm. Soup Spoon Kitchen. Mm. That, that place is amazing. Yep. So my friend, I know they're watching. They, they know all the spots. Yep. So mm. if you ever need something, I'll give it to you on the low. No free publicity, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just gave free publicity to, like, four yeah. restaurants. But everybody knows haven't given those. us a penny. That's true. That's Panera, true. I need I the listen. NIL deal. Panera shot me out. <laughs> You're about to get some cold. If you get a Panera NIL deal, I'm going to find a way to get it breached. I will, I will get it terminated. Be like that Jalen Rashada deal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
That's yeah, inexplicable. To Super impressive, dude. Four times on this show. Wait, what I mean, other what other restaurant can you eat the bowl? We don't eat the. It's a bread bowl. Get Sourdough that, bread bowl. You bread. understand? It's eleven dollars and eighty six cents with tax to get a chicken sandwich from Panera. High quality meal. High qual. You can get three sandwiches from Popeyes for that same quantity. Listen, I grew up in Okemos. That's all we knew. God, I feel bad for people in Okemos <laughs> if all you knew was Panera bread. Indeed. You didn't have that when you went on your trip overseas? <laughs> to India? No, I had KFC and McDonald's in India. Did not have Panera bread, thankfully. Do they have them out there? I, I think, fortunately, that is one thing they have avoided there. So, shout out, shout out to India for shout having India. standards um, and not oh, letting Panera bad. bread come it's in. too bad. Yeah. Too bad. Um, Owen, uh, I think we want to give Owen a shot. As always, he's the guy that knows the um, all the sports at Michigan State, not just the main one or two. He's He's um, always broadcasting uh, hockey, gymnastics, women's volleyball, wrestling, all the other sports at Michigan State. So this week's Owens 365. Uh, Owen, take it away. What's going on at campus? Oh, we got lots of stuff going on. It was a massive weekend for hockey. And I'm talking massive. Like, three. you go into this weekend and the expectations for Michigan State were at least a split. Like, mm-hmm. Big Ten hockey is incredibly hard to get a sweep, but that's exactly what they did. On Friday, they won 3 to nothing. Dylan St. Cyr against his former team got a shutout, 3 nothing. Mm. That's the ultimate slap to the face right there. The guy that took his spot, Ryan Bishop, who ultimately, that's because Dylan St. Cyr transferred out, he was able to beat him twice. And then on Saturday, they won 3-2. to two. They have their final home game on Friday versus Michigan. You get a packed Mont Ice Arena. It was absolutely electric this past um, two days for the weekend. And then gymnastics once again, another big win. They continue to keep on winning. Uh, they beat Penn State. That final score was 197.45 to 195.475. That's their fourth highest program score ever. So they wow. continue just to kick butt. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's you have to come up Friday if you're a Michigan State fan. It is, I cannot stress enough, a massive game because you then on Saturday they go to LCA to play Michigan again. And then you have Wisconsin, and that's it. Then you got the Big Ten tournament, and then it's go time if yeah. you want if you're able to make the actual tournament for the NCAA which they have not done in a fat minute I don't know mm-hmm. the exact date but it's been a while yeah a fat minute that's what we'll put on the graphic <laughs> yeah <laughs> first first Big Ten tournament in a fat minute provided by Owen uh, yeah, well you gotta uh, win yeah this is true Owen, appreciate all the content you always provide from around campus. And uh, Owen, as, as you've said in the many times past, campus is vibrant right now. A lot of great sporting events happening. And um, Owen will have the latest every week, as he always does. Appreciate you, Owen. Do you want some questions, too? I got. Yeah, I got you, if you got questions right now, we'll take those. We'll wrap it up with some Super Bowl talk afterwards. And then we'll, yeah, sure. All right. I, there's none I didn't see in the chat besides the fact that everyone's still trying to figure out that it is chief is not me. Uh, people were thinking that it was me for whatever reason. <laughs> they kept saying enter and Owen. I know they can't hear me, but um, base my biggest question I want to know from the two guys, or and I guess you as well, Justin. Besides Rick's, because now Rick's is basically irrelevant. Obviously, Ooh. it was massive when all of you guys went to school well you say you say that like we went to i didn't i just graduated a year two years ago don't make me sound like i'm 40. <laughs> i i mean it's changed ever since have you heard the story of why it changed uh rex no i haven't heard the story of why it's irrelevant ever since we graduated many moons ago oh, as you boy. put it so basically, oh boy well, basically, this, from what I heard, this girl fell down. She's really drunk, and she's okay. coming in, you know, the stairs. She fell down them, and she, like, cracked her head open or some crap like that. And mm. uh, they basically, the cops came. They got everybody, all of their fakes and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and ever since then, Rick's has really lost business, so it's, like, always dead there. There's never oh, one. I've not seen a, a Rick's line since my beginning of sophomore year before that happened. 
Interesting. I was not aware of this downfall of Rick's. <laughs> yeah. So no, what? The, so, so the so the question is, what are our favorite places other than Rick's on campus? Yes. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I could label you a bunch, but now it's, <clears throat> I feel like Rick's was the place, and now it's just like there's so many different places you can go right. to. So I'll answer first. To sure. the the question is, if you didn't hear, favorite place on campus. Now that Rick's is irrelevant ever since we graduated from there, which makes it seem like we graduated 30 years ago. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, basically, my, basically. My, my, my answer is obviously Fieldhouse. Um, I know when, when we hung out over there after yep. the spring game last year, us three went to Fieldhouse and decent fries, above average uh, chicken tenders or chicken wings. Uh, just probably the best music, even though I know it depends on the DJ that's there that day. And that's, that's probably my answer. What about you guys? I mean, I'm, I, I always loved Harper's, but I don't know, since we graduated 50 years ago, That's maybe, true. maybe Harper's is Is it even around? It is, because I remember for the, the game last year against the school down the road, that line was going down to the 7-Eleven. Mm. So there is definitely... Good to see uh, there's one piece of remaining history that's not been relegated <laughs> to the time capsule. <laughs> that's not, not a statue now. Yeah. Yes, I, I would say I really, I always enjoyed Harper's. I'm, I'm, I can't not show love to Rick's. Rick's is a staple. STR? No Evidently, it's not a staple, but... Listen, they're missing out. How many bars in East Lansing has Target Woods been to? Oh, that's a good point. In the Stanley Cup. How in long ago was that? Listen, Cup. That, that's history. You can't, you, can't, you can't mess around with Rick's. I, I like Dublin, too. Luha's is good because they have slightly better than above average fries. See, that, <laughs> that's how you know Justin likes a place. It's Based be, it's on the fries, fries, man. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. For me, I... I heard really good things about the Land Shark. Okay. I haven't been to the Land Shark. I guess the guy put a ton of money into it. Okay. Um, I, I would yeah. love to go there, check that out. Hopefully, some like senior night, head up there in March. Um, God, another one I like to hang out at. I like P PTs was always solid to me. Okay. It was just kind of like that, like reliable friend you always had, no matter what. You could give him a call and he'd come pick you up. Never like, been there. Was all, PT O'Malley's? Yeah, never been there. It's very good. Is it? Dude, yeah. It's it is good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, and is it still good or is it torn down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Sounds feet. good. Acting like it's feet. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Owen, was that the was that the only like question that there was? Well, I mean, I, I, my other question, I'll just a, I'll ask yeah. this one. What's the go, what's the go to drink or what used to be the go to drink? I guess at Rick's or whatever. Because now. Uh, Whatever, I'll, I'll delegate that to Peach. What, Peach, what was the go-to drink at Rick's? If there the was the go-to drink at Rick's, man, they had these um, Tuesday night half off. They had one dollar Washington apple shots. Okay. Okay. Obviously, you're in college. You have ten bucks maybe to spend on a given night. You got to use it wisely. Right? Very wisely. So these Washington apple shots. I swear to God, I don't even know what liquor was in them. I don't want to know. It was at a candy apple flavored super thick syrupy and you could get obviously around a 10 of them for like 10 bucks right so tuesday nights that was the go-to now if i'm actually like trying to get a real drink it's probably back in the day tequila something whatever it is i'm putting tequila in it and then i'm just drinking it i'm probably ripping a shot with it that was my go-to right any any other any add-ons long island pitchers okay they're like yeah. five bucks. Okay. They would have deals, and I mean, you put down one, and you're feeling mm. good. Mm. Um, obviously, once you're 21, you would do that. Anything before, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, it's a no-go, of course. Oh, I see. I see. I yeah, see. I would say that was always that was always the go-to. Yeah. You yeah. got the rubber stamp from the the youthful member of, of the delegation here, who actually goes out and go and experiences these things, uh, as we uh, would know. What is his now. drink order? I want to know what he gets. Uh, he's, he's, uh, Owen, what what is your what are you putting the stamp on? Um. I, Seltzer. I Long Island's really good. I I, I would agree with. He goes with um, the Long Island that you said. You can't go wrong. The, I would say the it's best good. Long Island there, or the best you're going to get your money's worth, is the Graduate Hotel Roof Bar. Mm. Mm. I think I got through like half a cup. Mm. Uh, I was good. Yep. Oh, and is that it? No one's asking us questions about revealing Chief's identity or anything. Just not even giving it a hail mary shot. No, really, no. <laughs> well, like we were going anything. to, but now we're not going to just because nobody bothered to ask. <laughs> Are, Owen's glowing tonight, asking? by the way. We, no, we, yeah, if someone was going to be like, can she pull off the mask? We would have been like, yes, we would have taken off, but nobody asked. Nobody asked. I can get, yeah. keep the anonymity. That's a shame. People well, were just like, who is this guy? And then they were 
they someone was guessing me, so mm. it's, it is not me. Okay. I'm okay. My last question is when y'all coming up and when are we hitting the bars? Oh, uh, I think we are planning to come up for um, the senior night, their senior day. I think the game time yep. is TBD. Yeah. Yeah. That weekend should be a movie. Absolutely. So I guess uh, Saturday, I believe. Yep. Oh, is it? Okay. Matt and I. Yeah. I'll be there for Indiana. For Indiana? Yeah, because mm-hmm. they talk too much. They talk, I see. Indiana, I mean, they did it last year when we came. They came here. They talk too much. We are are you going to be talking back? Are you getting like lower level zone seats and, and just screaming back at them? No, no, I, I don't want to become a meme. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I see. Uh, you see, like Spike Lee and everything. Like Michael Jordan's oh, like saying something to him. I see. I'm not I trying see. to get. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. Controlling uh, <laughs> or kind of containing uh, Trey Jackson Davis. So yeah, yeah. he doesn't need me yeah. calling him a bum or anything. But I see. Um, Makes sense. No. Well, Owen, if that's all that you have, we will we'll wrap it up with some Super Bowl, Super Bowl talk. Okay. What? What? I'll I'll let you guys talk first. What What do you guys think is going to happen on Sunday? Go birds. I go birds absolutely the whole way. I'm a Lions fan first and an Eagles fan second. They've been my team since Jeff Beagles back in the day. Shout out to Jeff, Jeff Beagles. Beagles. My guy. My Madden legend. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff. <laughs> Very few people know Jeff Beagles. I know you do. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever saw him play, but the name definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't play a lot, but he's one of my favorite players. Um I think the Eagles are too good, man. I think a lot of people are thinking, well, the Chiefs have been there. They know what they're doing. I think Jalen Hurts is a winner. He's won mm-hmm. at every single level growing up, you mm-hmm. know, from a kid, high school, college, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, NFL, he's starting to see that now. He took that step up from yeah. last year. I think the Eagles take it in a close one. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs obviously have a ton of weapons on offense. I think that defense is a little suspect. Yeah, I agree. Brett? Yeah, I'm fly, Eagles, fly. Uh, I'm going with the Birds. I think even seeing them week one against the Lions, kind of how they just came out and mm-hmm. steamrolled us. We, yep. we had a talk before the season started. Right. You're like, Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. And yeah. I'm thinking, oh, it's just Justin. He's an Eagles fan. <laughs> he's just saying this. Like He was he was, he was was right, yeah. uh, like he usually is about this stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think they're just – I mean, have they lost a game with Hurts starting this year? Just one. It was uh, to Washington. So they're they're seventeen and one with Jalen playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I the thing that bugs me about the Chiefs is that the fact that they're trying to make Pat Mahomes seem like this underdog story, like almost like he's Brock Purdy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't work. And I think the Eagles, the pass rush is too good. BT yeah. Jordan really's got Hassan Reddick playing at a high level. He's got Shout a ton out. of clout out there. <laughs> I think that the clout difference is going to make all the difference in the mm-hmm. world. I see. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, personally, the lead up to this Super Bowl hasn't been uh, as fun as twenty seventeen because. Back then, like they truly were underdogs. Their last six games of the year, they were underdogs. Every single week, it was just hey, taking it week by week. If you get to play another week, you're just take, you're just happy and, and you take it in stride. Mm-hmm. Now the entire season, I felt okay. This is the best roster in the NFL. All I feel is if they lose or stumble, disappointment. But I don't feel any joy when they win. Um, so it's like champagne problems, and Lions fans are probably like, oh, you've seen more playoff wins this year than we have in 25 years. Stop complaining. But I mean. The Eagles have played in seven NFC title games in in my lifetime now. The first two I don't remember, but for all of that, they so far have one Super Bowl. Mm. So it's kind of like you have to win that second Super Bowl or else you're just not going to feel complete. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the, the platform of where I start to judge success from. I think this, this game, I think uh, the Eagles have the advantage in, in 21 of 22 positions for the most part. Um, maybe 20, I would give, give Kelsey over uh, Dallas Goddard mm-hmm. as well. So it really is, is, is it going to be a team with a better quarterback or the better roster? Mm. And we'll find out. I, I think um, especially like the, the old um, saying is offensive and defensive line, you control the trenches, you win the game. Well, we'll see because Eagles offensive and defensive lines are way better than the Chiefs. Yep. Not even close. So yep. I, I think if I'm the Chiefs, um, I don't play a lot of man. Um, I don't send man blitzes particularly. Mm-hmm. I would flood the right side of the pocket. I would have Jalen Hurts roll to the left in a zone blitz setting. He's much worse against a zone blitz rolling to his left than any other scenario he throws in. And I would just kill that to death and hope that I can build up a 14-point lead by the, point, by the time that the Eagles figure that out. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the only game script I see them sort of winning in. Otherwise, Eagles can run the ball. Eagles can throw the ball. And um, Jonathan Gannon's defense, I, I never truly trust them, but I think they can hold their own now that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's back, Avanti mm-hmm. Maddox is back. So mm-hmm. that's, that's really what I think. I think. I think Eagles win this game by, by eight. 
I think you get a, I think you get the game, the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Tampa Bay and Kansas City, where mm. Patrick Mahomes is running for his life, right. right? And like getting back to what you said, where it's like quarterback or roster, right? I mean, the, he's the best quarterback in the league. I will say Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes far and away best QB in the league, not even close. Mm-hmm. That being said, like you saw the limitations of like he can create and do all these things out of the pocket, but like. You know, receivers still got to step up. You saw a lot of missed drops and stuff like that. So I think, um, I think the Eagles take it by more than ten. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, Brett. Do you want to give a score prediction? I think you already you already put money down on the Eagles to win by quite a bit. Well, hypothetically, I, I don't really sports gamble, but yeah, I would, if I were a betting I man, I would take the <laughs> Eagles. I, I'd bump it up to minus nine and a half. And uh-huh. uh, Justin here has promised to do a gritty on camera if the Eagles do win the Super I've Bowl. I've promised to do the same. Hey, 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 you heard it. Bang. You heard it. But no, I think I think the Eagles practicing all week. Yeah, I think that they have the the better roster. Obviously, you have to give the huge edge to Andy Reid being the Chiefs coach, and obviously Pat Mahomes and mm-hmm. Kelsey. I mean, those three of the greatest ever do it. But ultimately, I think the Eagles are just a war machine. How disappointing would it be if you're Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, and they close out this five year period where Pat mm-hmm. Mahomes probably played. Pure talent-wise, better than any quarterback in a five-year span, and you only close that out with one Super Bowl. Crazy. And you lose two of them. Crazy. Yeah, and then you lose in a couple of AFC title games as well. That's I malpractice. Just, Absolute malpractice. Yeah. yeah. Like, who does that come down to? I mean, it's almost like a, uh, no, it's not Ohio State, but it's it's kind of similar. Or like, just can't get. I can't say totally Andy Reid. I, I would say GM as well because like you have to surround Pat Mahomes with better talent than Nicole Hardman and some of these guys around him. Um, but at the same time, though, like Andy went to countless NFC title games with the Eagles, yep. didn't win a Super Bowl there. Um, here, he's won one so far, has, has a chance to win two, and um, he just has had elite quarterback play, and that should be the difference maker in winning winning mm-hmm. more Super Bowls than this. Um, I, I would say Andy Reid is underrated in terms of regular season coach and the first four, three first three rounds of the playoffs, but. In the in the Super Bowl, like this is very disappointing. It is what it is. Like your record is what it is. Right. Like at the end of the day, that's what's going to the Hall of Fame with you. Yep. Yeah. So I think there's a big opportunity for Andy and for Pat here, Mm -hmm. and uh, as big of an as big of an opportunity for the Eagles to to get a Super Bowl before Jalen Hurts' contract kicks in. That's how you win in the league now. Right. The whole key is while the quarterback's on the rookie deal, you got you got to snag that ring while you can. Yep. And um, we'll see. And Rihanna, we get to see Rihanna. Listen, if I'm a player, I know Sirianni said that the player's going to be – he's going to lock him in the locker room. No tunnel. You're not going in the tunnel. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're not going to be going out to sneak and see Rihanna, which I know if I were a player – If you were a coach, you would, you would allow that? No, I'm just saying if I was a player and Rihanna's like 100 yards away. Uh-huh. You'd be there with the phone going like this. and so- I'd be singing Umbrella. I see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so, I see. I'm fired up about that. I was I was willing to write you a letter of recommendation for like an analyst or an assistant coaching job, <laughs> but if that's how seriously you take halftime adjustments, I'm sorry, Brett. The letter's ripped. Listen, I'm I'm okay with that. It's Rihanna. I think uh, that about does it. Yeah. I think I, yeah. I mean, I, Can I, I give a couple good? shout outs real quick. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. First, the first one goes to Justin for uh, extending with two four seven. He got the max. He got the max. Contract, Our guy is so back. Congrats to him. He's he's the best insider around. So we definitely appreciate having him around and contributing. It. I mean, he brings all the excitement to recruiting and the message boards. Uh, even though they don't like me on there, which <laughs> which brings me a lot of joy. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I want to give a shout out to Matt Ishbia for finalizing the purchase of the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spartan dog through and through. Absolutely, uh, Our he's, guy. Been, he's been on the show. Uh, huge contributor to Michigan State. So yeah, and then. Uh, that those are really the the shout outs I wanted to give. So mm-hmm. yeah. and we're gonna listen. Michigan State football is going to win a national championship in the next few years. Facts. Yeah, you, like you've been saying that next, since day one. Within yep. the next three years, we will be having a parade that will be going down Grand River. Sparty will be holding the national championship trophy. Uh, we're gonna manifest MSU football, MSU basketball dual parade. Mm. Oh, can you imagine Cedar Village? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what the police would do that day. Oh, they got to call in the marsh, like the national guard. Yeah, because because the, the army. Po- so when when I was there for the Duke Michigan State Final Four, um, or the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four, the police were ready. They were prepared. They had whatever the tear. I don't know if it's tear gas or the just random smoke smoke gas, but like. They were ready. They were prepared, and that fire still went on for a solid twenty-five minutes. 
So I don't think they're going to be equipped for that sort nope. of a scenario. No, no Even chance. when we won last year against the school down the road, you had that one picture of the kids on the, the couch, but the, <laughs> the couch is on fire. Yeah. That's one of my – Shout I, out to those kids. Shout out to whoever those kids are. Oh, the kids yeah. that the are kid sitting sitting yes. that, that fight. Yeah. That's the vibe. If they're watching or somehow somebody knows them, they're probably reach out in to jail me. still from, from making that happen. I need those I, kids. I, so. I need those kids on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll call, the, I'll call up the Ingham County prosecutor. We'll get you out in no time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Things work like they do Hope, in Washington. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully he got... Never mind. Not, not. We're not going down that path. Yeah, we don't, okay. Yeah, we don't need a defamation suit. No, I want that picture of them. I want them to sign it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, that about does it for this week's episode of the SD for All show. These guys, if you don't already know, at Peach James with, I believe, an underscore. Underscore, yep. yep. And then at Odell Bretham Jr. Yep. Um, he, he is Odell uh, Beckham uh, Jr.'s cousin. Uh, so that is where the, the name comes. No, I'm just kidding. Cats out of the bag. But, <laughs> Could be. But, um, yeah, so follow these guys there at that platform. I had a lot of fun just chatting about all these random topics today. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well, and we'll be back next week. And this was the SD4L Show. Yes, sir. Keep chopping. Absolutely. Keep chopping. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users why good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion